I'm Lisa Bontesumi, and this is the Ath Mindset podcast series on sports epreneur. This podcast series is a space for conversations with athletes, coaches, practitioners, and stakeholders in sports. And it's where those individuals share their perspectives, experiences, and thoughts on mental health in sports. Eric Kazimoff of Sports Epreneur is generously hosting the Ath Mindset podcast series on his platform as he deeply believes that these conversations are essential and deserve to be prioritized. This is the Ath Mindset podcast series on Sports Epreneur. Sports Epreneur, the content platform where sports, entrepreneurship, and mental health collide. If you are looking to start a podcast or create original content, you have to talk with the team at Sports Epreneur. I work with them and I vouch for them. It's that simple. Go to sportse.io to learn more. Welcome, Amanda Banks, here on the Ath Mindset Podcast. I'm so happy to have you. You're an amazing woman in so many ways, and I'm enjoying just getting to know you as a person. I do want to give you a formal introduction, though, and as I will say that Amanda Banks is the co-founder and CEO of Sports to Suits and Banks LLC. She's also the host of the weekly live show Sports to Suits, where she highlights former athletes that are leveraging their backgrounds in sports to see success in business. Amanda is an enterprise sales leader, strategic partnerships creator, and joy enthusiast. She has a strong track record in sales, healthcare, technology, innovation, and leadership, and believes every conversation is the opportunity to make a positive impact in the lives of others. Welcome, Amanda. Awesome, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me on. I've absolutely enjoyed getting to know you as well and just look forward to continuing conversations and sharing those conversations with others. So thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, it's my privilege, really. I mean, this is kind of going to be sort of a conversation that we would have anyway. And now people get to like, listen in. So I'm excited. My first question is, and one that I'm most intrigued by, and I know a lot of people would want to hear about is in your work, you highlight former athletes who are leveraging their backgrounds in sports to see success in business. What brings you to this work? Why this? Yeah. So I get asked this question a lot and I really started digging deep on where did this actually originate from? Where was the foundation that started here? And I think through, you know, not just my background of being a high-level gymnast, but also in business and all of the people that have come across my path and really helped me get to where I am today. So my goal with Sports to Suits is really to help other people leveraging the resources that we have to get them from point A to point B. And I see that through the lens of getting them into a career outside of sports. I love it because you and I both know that that can be a challenging transition if there's not conversations and action already be taken prior to an athlete leaving their sport. So I think it's a great thing that you're doing. But speak to me a little bit more deeply around how does your experience as a high-level gymnast inform this work and how do you bring sort of your own lessons and experiences to the work that you do? Yeah. So kind of take it back a little bit. So I was a high-level competitive gymnast. You know, I peaked in gymnastics really, really young. And so really, there's a couple of paths in gymnastics that you take. 
you either hold off until college, you stay at the level that you're at, or you go and train as an elite gymnast to train for the Olympics. And at the time, I had a lot going on at home. My parents were going through a really rough divorce. My mom eventually got breast cancer. And so that whole period was a really dark period for me. And so gymnastics at the time was an outlet, but then it became a place that was not necessarily you know, a healthy place either. And so when I decided to leave the sport, I left the sport really young. And I just remember one, going and telling my coaches, hey, I'm not going to do this any longer. But two, what the path was outside of that, my path went very dark. You know, I went to drugs and alcohol and you name it. And I went through that as a really, really young kid. And so I say I had the blessing of experiencing that as a young kid. And I have a lot of empathy towards other people that are much older than I was having to go through some of those things. And so that's really, you know, the transition out for me was super challenging. It was very isolating. I had no identity outside of my sport, even as a young kid. And so that I remember that transition being very challenging. And if it wasn't for the people that I surrounded myself with eventually that got me on the correct path, there's no telling where I would be right now. Wow. Thank you for being so open and authentic and just being so willing to share your story. I know that it's going to touch a lot of people and help a lot of people. What struck me was you said all of the hardship and adversity, you said it was a blessing to go through as a young kid. What do you mean by that? So some of the things that I did, you know, the drugs, the alcohol, I was a kid, so it wasn't like I was an adult getting in trouble and having to deal with some of the legal ramifications around that. So from the blessing of I was underage, I was young, I was making stupid decisions, but I didn't have being an adult tied to me at that time. And so luckily I got out of that around 18, 19 years old, but I have a lot of compassion around other people that experience that, you know, as adults, because they don't necessarily have the same blessing that I had of being young when I experienced it. I understand. Yes. When you're older, there are a lot more ramifications socially and legally around using drugs and alcohol. So I thank you for sharing that. You said something else that struck me that you had no identity outside of the sport. Tell me more about that. I think that this is something that really a lot of people need to have awareness around. I remember sitting at the dinner table Mm -hmm. And every single conversation was that around either a competition or practice or do you need new leotards or anything that of the sport. And so even going back and forth to practice, we talked about practice. And so my whole life at that time was around gymnastics. It was my friend zone was there. Mm -hmm. All of my friends were there because we practiced so much. And so that whole identity piece is a very critical piece that we need to start bringing awareness to and start providing solutions to our young athletes around you know it's hard as a parent to <laughs> to try to not be encouraging or help but there's also that piece of you know what are you outside of sports and let's try to figure out outlets there as well no i think it is a critical conversation because if we talk about it like that it becomes our whole world like you said your friend group is aligned with it. Your parents are talking about it. In this moment, and it doesn't have to be obviously fully formed or anything like that. If you were to just pause in this moment and think about 
what you would have wanted your parents to ask you about or encourage you to be about within yourself aside from a gymnast? How would a conversation like that possibly go? So I think it's also, you know, when you train at a really high level, there's a lot of time commitments associated to that. So all of your hobbies are tied to it. Everything is that of the sport. So looking back at it, I wish that I would have had hobbies in a friend circle outside of sports and also understood how to navigate the social scene. You know, that was a big challenge for me is when I was transitioning out of the sport, all of my friends were in that of the sport. And trying to navigate being around good quality people and having healthy conversations and setting healthy boundaries, those were not necessarily skills that I had developed. Granted, I was still super young, but I think that that's something that, you know, I'd really like to encourage other people to think through is it's okay to have hobbies outside of your sport. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to excel at the sport that you're in. It just helps develop that identity outside of the sport because it is what it is. You're going to either retire or get injured or transition out at some point. And so really having a clear and defined pathway, even as a young kid, could potentially be really helpful for a lot of other athletes as well. I think that's so great. Hobbies and a friend circle outside of the sport and learning the skills to navigate it. Because when you were talking, I'm like, when you're an athlete and you're competing alongside your teammates, whether it's an individual sport like gymnastics or soccer was more team oriented, your social circle is built in, right? It's presented to you. It's right there. It's given to you. You haven't had to really navigate a skill to have them around you, but the navigation happens when they are now there. And how do you like interact? You guys speak the same language. So you're going to be talking gymnastics, right? But what about other stuff? So I think that's a stellar point around the benefit of outside support and friends, not within your sport, so that you can develop skills within yourself and identity also, in addition to being a gymnast in your case. So... Yeah. And I also like, I remember elementary school and middle school. And I just remember like, I was a gymnast, even on the outside of the playground, I was tumbling, like, you know, (laughs) know, everything, Uh even outside of gymnastics, I was known as the gymnast. And although that was a great thing, and I was very blessed to do that. But I had a really difficult time trying to figure out what are my skill sets outside of being a gymnast. And now I have to have new friends. And how do I navigate those conversations? I just remember it being very, very challenging. And I have the opportunity to talk to a lot of athletes on Sports to Suits Live. And every single one of them had this issue. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. I think now, hopefully there is a shift in the sort of support system of people we can talk to to help with that transition. I mean, what does that transition, what can it feel like? What do people want it to be like? We know that it's been rough. And how does that connect to, if at all, in your opinion, like athlete mental health? Where does that bring us or what comes up for us emotionally, psychologically, mentally when we're in that transition? I mean, it's a huge issue. Like once again, this goes back to your entire identity being tied to something and then having to leave that identity and trying to navigate something completely different. So it's a huge thing. I think 
like you said, there are resources available and there are conversations being had around the importance around mental health and awareness, specifically around the athletic community right now. And I do, I see this huge shift and opportunity to really make a substantial impact in the community by some of the things that are happening now. But it's taken quite some time and a lot of very powerful people to step out and say, look, this is a massive issue and we need help. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that it's great that a lot of sort of higher profile athletes like the Simone Biles, the Naomi Osaka, the Kevin Loves are speaking out about it. What do you see the role of former athletes in the ongoing work of normalizing conversations about mental health? You know, I think it goes back to the community. I think that we all have to be very open and transparent and honest about some of the challenges that we face and also talk through and support other athletes as part of their process. There are a lot of very incredibly successful people that have made that transition very, very well and not without their own challenges. But I think that there's a lot of people that are willing to step in and support. Yes. And I think that it can't stop at just the high profile athletes talking about it. It has to be all of us. I think that it's a good role modeling start to like have people be like, hmm, I have a similar story. Maybe I can talk about it. He talked about it. She talked about it. Maybe I can. So I think there's a momentum kind of happening because you and I both know this is not a new issue. It's not new, but like it is coming into the fore in a way that is more mainstream. And I think we can't take that for granted and we can't lose that momentum. I think it's a responsibility as well. I'm a mom, so it's my responsibility to know when to put the foot on the gas and when to take it off with my daughter. You know, my daughter plays travel soccer and at times, you know, I want to step in and like really try to help. But then I have to remember, I went through some of these challenges. How can I just let her be a kid? And sometimes just recognize that it doesn't have to be as intense (laughs) at this age as some sports tend to be. Yes, yes. We've talked about this. We are both moms. We are both former competitive athletes. And we both have daughters who are high-performing athletes. Mine plays softball. And so sometimes I even say to myself, what would I have wanted to be asked at this point or at this time? What do I wish I was asked instead? Like, so I'm always like, babe, did you have fun? You know, what'd you learn about yourself today? Not like how many home runs did you hit? Like, did you pick off somebody in the field? Like, it's even a reminder for myself. It's a practice and a choice to ask different questions and to relate to our daughters in a ways that maybe we wished we were related to at times. We want to protect them from the pain, sort of. Although, you know, we can't. But there are choices that we can make that might be different. So it is a challenge for me. So I coach gymnastics for fun one day a week. I like to keep my feet on the beam, just get in the gym and just be there. And I have to remind myself, I am not a soccer coach. (laughs) I do not need to give tips and tricks. So that's one of the things as well that I've really tried to tailor back. You know, it's hard as a parent because you want to try to help. That's the instinct is I want to try to help and I want to try to support but to just let her coach do that work and for me to stay a mom yes, is yes. very challenging, especially for former athletes. My dad played high-level baseball. And so there was always that instinct to try to coach. And as a parent, I try very, very hard to step back and say, look, 
I'm not coaching you gymnastics. I'm not your formal coach. And let the coach be the coach. And I step in the role of the mom. I think that's very important, not just for ourselves as parents, but for them. I mean, I try to, and I know I've talked to a lot of parents about this, is I will put you in front of whoever you need. Like if you need a hitting coach, if you need conditioning coach, if you need defensive coach, whatever, I will get those for you, but I am not going to teach you that because I want to be over here cheering. I'm like, go girl. Like I want to be that mall instead of like being thoughtful. But, but it is hard because it's an inclination because we've been there. So it's challenging ourselves. I think you and I are both very passionate about female representation, visibility, and the spaces we both occupy professionally, not just because we're women and that's important, but because we have daughters, daughters who look up to us and who watch us even when we don't realize it. Like, what does it mean to you to be a woman in the business space? So there's a story to this that I want to tell. Please. It forced me into entrepreneurship, but it was a great learning opportunity for my daughter. So in March of 2020, my daughter's school got destroyed by a tornado. So before she was even remote because of the pandemic, she was remote because the school was destroyed. And so my husband and I just decided at the time I was working full-time for an analytics company. And we just decided that we'll deal with it until August. She'll go back to school and all will be well. And so anybody that's listening knows what happens during that time is the pandemic hit. And we ended up... She went back to school in August and a couple of days into it, she's just like, Mom, I cannot do this. And so my full-time job dropped down to part-time because I was homeschooling her, which at the beginning of 2021, we decided to jump into full-time entrepreneurship. And my daughter experienced us launching our companies as part of her homeschooling curriculum. And so not only did we teach her the requirements that are required by law for homeschooling, but we also taught her, what is it like to launch a business? How do you go through a sales presentation? How do you do invoicing? How do you do all of these things? So I think about those experiences with her and I've watched her kind of live through the lens of what we're doing with the banks and sports to suits and experience that as well. And that's something that I also like to encourage other people is she was 10 at the time. She's 11 now, but you would be absolutely amazed by the things that she could jump in and do and that she could help with. And that also she was very curious about. And so I encourage parents to just get your kiddos involved because they are super, super sharp, curious, and intrigued. And they're looking up to, to everybody. So give them those experiences. And we were very blessed to have the opportunity to do that. That's a great story. I love, I love that it was the curriculum. I mean, like you're teaching her while you're doing it. She's alongside you watching, learning, seeing, and you're talking to her about it. And it's hard. Like that is something that people see, you know, all of the wins and all the successes and the social media positivity. But behind the scenes, entrepreneurship is a grind. It is tough. It is challenging. And that is something also that I wanted to show her is you see all of these things and all the social media stuff and everybody has this like perfect lens. But behind the scenes, like it is a challenge. It's a struggle. And I wanted her to experience that as well. Yes. To see the real of it. Because as an entrepreneur myself, there's so many ways that I get pulled. I know you can relate just in professionally, then much less as a wife, as a mom. You and I both have more than one kid. So it's like, 
sometimes I'm like, I have to pull myself away because the entrepreneurship adventures that I'm in are exciting and I want to give my all and I want to take advantage of an opportunity. But I'm like, you know what? Like, chill. It's fine. Like, those things will be there if they're meant. And like, family is first. Family and my closest relationships are first. It's very similar to sports. You know, I think about people that are just highly disciplined, highly focused, pushing as hard as they possibly can in the sport that they're in. And they totally put blinders on to everything else around them, as well as some of the challenges that they may be facing themselves. And that's one of those things like entrepreneurship or business ownership is very similar. You've got to kind of learn how to navigate, which is why I think a lot of athletes are incredible entrepreneurs. But you've got to kind of learn how to navigate that piece to it. And so there's a lot of similarities between that as well as transitioning from corporate to entrepreneurship. No, that's great. That's a great example. I think there's a lot of skills that we learn as athletes that athletes don't even really realize they know because they've been doing it for so long that can apply in entrepreneurship, in business, in life in general. And so I think that's super, super important to point out. Just like me, you're a human, you're a woman, you're a wife, you're a mom. Like at this time in your life, we know that you're not just defined by your work, even though it's demanding and challenging. Like what do you do to take care of your own mental health? Well, we are at the beach right now. (laughs) You know, I really try to super diligent. And I know it may not seem like it because I'm on this (laughs) podcast now, but we really try to take that time needed to just unplug as well as have a little bit of fun. You know, we played beach volleyball today and, you know, we like to stay active. And I think that's part of it too, is just knowing when you need to take a break. And I know I'm very self-aware about this of when I'm starting to slip a little bit and I'm like, I need a break and I take that. And I think that that's important for everybody to kind of think through is if your body or your mind is telling you you need a break, you need a break and take one. And unapologetically. Unapologetically. Yeah, yeah. We're we're in this hustle and bustle culture. And so sometimes it's easy to get swept into that and to just hustle and bustle. And it's always that one more call or that one more email or I need to do this one more thing. And yes, that is the case. Like I am highly disciplined and totally like work my butt off. But sometimes you have just got to unplug and got to just take that break. Absolutely. I mean, as athletes, we've had to listen to our bodies listen to our thoughts, make sure that they're aligned. And that doesn't change. When we're out of the sport, we got to listen and heed what we hear. And we're a rare breed. Yeah. Like, I think that athletes are just like, you know, and everybody that I talked to, that was an athlete, regardless of what sport they were in, you know, if they were a high level competitive athlete, they just had this discipline and drive and grit and all of these things that, you know, employers are like love in employees. And it almost becomes instinctual, but there's also the pros and cons to that. You've got to learn how to tailor it back a little bit. Right, which I think we learn, and I can only speak for myself, I only learned that after I left the sport. It kind of goes back to that, like, what are my other identities? How do I express myself? Like, it includes like being okay with taking a break, not just okay, but knowing that's a part of what you need to be as mentally and physically healthy as possible. Because I think back in the day, right, for us, I mean, it was like, go, 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 suck it up. Like, you can handle this. Like, that there wasn't room for that, right? 
Yeah. You know, and once again, I transitioned out super, super young. And so I didn't really have to, you know, my body was still developing. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I talked to a lot of athletes and taking care of your body physically is very different than taking care of your body when you're in the sport, once you lead the sport. You cannot train the same way. You cannot, but you still have to take care of your body. And a lot of the athletes that I talk to, they experience weight gain or they experience all of these different things. And so there's some issues around being self-conscious with your body outside of that of the sport. So there's a lot of challenges that athletes face not just from a mental health perspective, but also from a physical health perspective. Yes. And they're connected. I mean, I have a funny story right now. Like, <laughs> I, much so. Right? And so like I am, as you know, the mental health and sport performance coach for the Oakland Roots. And I like to say that even though I never played sports professionally, I am a professional in sports. And so I think that's cool. And so we took like a technical team picture. We were in our garb and all that. And so, of course, I'm looking at it and I'm like critiquing my picture. I'm like, dang, I'm not as slim as I used to be. You know, so like we're sensitive to, at least I am, to sometimes the way that I present because it's like not how I feel and it's not how I used to look. Like, I feel like I'm 25. I'm not. I feel like I am, but I'm like, okay, there's a little bit going on right there. I need to kind of like check that out. But it's not critical though, where in the past it could have been. It's just like, hmm, I noticed that. I see you. Okay, we can make some changes possibly. But I think how we view ourselves physically impacts our mental health. You know, no totally matter, agree. Right? No matter what we see, we have a choice about how to interpret that. Like I've experienced it, not just being out of sports, but also, you know, after I had my daughter and all of these things, you know, as women, I think that we and I'm speaking for myself here, but I know just based on the other conversations that I've had, you know, we have these issues about the way that we look or the pictures that we're taking or all these things. And with all the filters, it makes it even more pronounced. And so that's something also that I try to instill in my daughter is like, we even pull up filters. We were doing it yesterday because we were taking pictures because we're all on vacation or whatever. And we pulled up the phone and we're looking at the filters. And I put a filter that was like heavy makeup, long eyelashes. And I pulled it up on her and I said, look, this is what is on social media. And she's like, mom, that doesn't even look like me. And I'm like, yeah, those are the things, you know, the negative self-image or self-talk that we tell ourselves or whatever it may be. You know, that's something that I try to instill in her as well. No, it's great. Positive self-image and taking care of your body, whether it's that of the sport or you just being a developing young lady or whatever it may be. Yes. And that our bodies can be seen as beautiful, can be seen as strong, can be seen as graceful, no matter what shape we are. Agreed. That's super important because like, I mean, I know we've had conversations, but bodies like ours, more of an athletic muscular build, like it's changing a little bit, but hasn't really been the social standard for beauty. And so how do we combat those messages that are out there and oftentimes don't see images of our bodies reflected out there? Agreed. Gymnasts have broad shoulders. Broad shoulders. Swimmers also have really broad shoulders. And, you know, that's not necessarily perceived as feminine or was it in the past, but now, you know, there's a lot. I love this movement of how people are celebrating different body styles and body types and That's an important thing because that, once again, leads a place back to the mental health piece. Mm -hmm. Being confident in your own body, 
feeling good about the work that you're doing, not necessarily. And I got sucked into the, you know, as an adult of trying to compete with myself and trying to get myself in the body of that of a young kid. Mm-hmm. And that is so dangerous. Yes. That is such a challenge. My body will never be as fit as I was, regardless of how much work I do on it. So what you're talking about, and I think also needs to be more talked about more, is not only do we compare ourselves, our bodies to other women, perhaps, but we compare ourselves to our own body, the younger self. Yeah. Like when it was competing, when it was like, it's like, I can be that, I can do that. And like, like you said, it's dangerous because we're not at that level. We're not that age. We don't have the same routines and lifestyle to make that happen. And so to be able to be aware of what's going on within us and to interrupt that and be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, what is realistic? You well, know, and what? celebrate where we're at now. Exactly. You know, I'm healthy. I'm happy. Yes. I'm taking care of myself, both physically as well as mentally. And that's something to be celebrated for that. And I love how all of these women are coming out and supporting each other through those journeys, men and women supporting yes. each other those journeys and just recognizing that different body styles are completely beautiful. Yes, absolutely. This conversation has gone totally a different direction than I thought it would, but it's awesome. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Well, I have a final question for us to kind of both sit with, but if you were to write a letter to your daughter that she doesn't open till she's, let's say, 22, and so that means you're writing it now for when she's 22, what would you want to make sure you would put in there that would help her just continue to thrive as a woman with self-confidence, a woman with self-love, a woman with a graceful and compassionate heart and kind heart toward herself. What would you want that letter to say? I think that we focus on big picture a lot. And I think that there's so much beauty in some of the details. So I would want her to read all of the little things that I pick up on that just make her so unique and so beautiful and so special just throughout her journey. And it doesn't have to be like these big celebratory moments. But for example, the other day I was looking at her and as she's getting older, her hair's getting curlier. And it's so beautiful. It's this blonde curly hair. And I just looked at her and she was smiling. And I just thought, oh my gosh, she is so beautiful. And it was just the little curls in her hair. And I think that we look at big picture sometimes, but we lose track of all of the beautiful moments that we have throughout our years. And that's what I would want her to read is all of the beautiful moments as she is changing and growing up that she may not recognize that I even see beauty in. Mm, I love it. I love it. I want to ask you the same question. Mm-hmm. I know I was thinking of my daughter too while you're describing it. I mean, I think it's sometimes I look at her too and I'm like, did I create this being? (laughs) Like, of course I didn't do it alone, but it's wow. Like I'm sometimes, if I allow myself to stop and like be in the moment and be intentional and just kind of be with her. I mean, my letter would say something like, be you. You are amazing. You have the world at your fingertips. You don't have to do anything extra or achieve anything huge to be an amazing human. Like 
understand who you are authentically and get comfortable expressing that. And that you okay with it. Like, I remember thinking through, you know, what is my gift? And I was thinking through this as an adult, right? It's like, well, what value do you bring? What are the things that you're wanting to do? And I just think through being unapologetically authentic in who you are as a human and just owning that and being okay with that. Yeah, and celebrating it. Like, not just okay, but like, yo, this is me. And not in like an arrogant way, like take it or leave it, but like, I am that confident within myself to express who I am. And I hope that it helps other people in that process. Well, and surround yourself with other people that will celebrate that with you. You know, I see right now all of like the social scene, like our young kids, like it is a challenging world, especially navigating the social scenes in middle school. I have such a heart for these kiddos because I hear some of the things and it just blows my mind. And as an adult, I've navigated surrounding myself with incredible people that will support me, love me, help guide me for me just being me, including people like yourself, right? You know, we're developing this beautiful friendship and we support each other in who we are as authentic humans. And that's something that. I would also encourage her to do is surround yourself with other people that will love and support you for who you are and own that and be okay with that. Yes, yes. Because we can't do it alone, nor do we want to. It's more fun doing it with other people. <laughs> it is. Like, all drama, like, let it go. Like, <laughs> like there is no room for drama. And this kind of goes back to me being a joy enthusiast. Like, there's nothing productive in drama. There's nothing productive in negativity. Like the right people, if you surround yourself with the right people, you make a significant amount of progress in what you're doing by being surrounded with incredible people. That's right. I mean, and it's a core tenet of optimal mental health to be able to have a support system that is positive, supportive, that you get joy in giving to those relationships and receiving from them. And so to be able to learn the discernment about how to choose those people. um, And that's how we're guiding our girls to be able to do. So it's one of the most tireless, challenging roles I play in my life, but definitely the most sort of loving, sort of very rewarding role in my life. Same here. I am so grateful that I was blessed with this beautiful little lady. And then my two stepsons, you know, my step, I have an older stepson that plays baseball in college and just watching him and experience and that journey because that's been his dream forever is to do that and kind of watching him experience in that. And then the other one is doing his thing and loves technology and all of that good stuff. And so really taking the moments to celebrate the little wins supporting each other through any of the losses because it happens. (laughs) Yes. This is not unicorn and rainbow land, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. You know, but always remembering that we are all part of a team. And I think that that's how we kind of look at these things, not just from our family dynamic, but also from our friend circle, which we're very blessed to have. Absolutely. Absolutely. I thank you so much for sharing the space with me. I want to make sure that you're able to say whatever closing thoughts, comments, remarks you might have before we 
depart from the space today? No, I guess since we're on the kiddo space, you know, just ask questions, just listen, learn. Try not to push <laughs> the sport as, you know, it's hard, I know, but try not to push super hard in that regards and just let them be kids. Yes. Let them enjoy, enjoy life. And if I can ever be a resource in any way, shape, or form, please feel free to reach out at any time. Thank you so much, Amanda. This has been such a joy. I mean, I can't wait to listen back to it and share it wide and broadly with as many people as I can. I think there's so many important just insights, tips, thoughts that we didn't know we were going to talk about, but we happened to talk about it. So I think that's even cooler. I can't wait to, again, be in our friendship and grow in it and deepen in it. We have some cool experiences that we're going to be sharing in the near future. And I just look forward to uplifting you and receiving all of your support as well. So just thank you for being you. Same here, my friend. Thank you for being you and for being such a positive influence in the life of other athletes. It's so important, so much needed. And so I'm so appreciative of you and the opportunity to share in this beautiful conversation and continue to learn and to grow and to support each other. One of my favorite things about our Sportsypreneur content platform is the opportunity to chat with amazing people in and around the world of sports. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you want to connect more, hit us up on Instagram at sportsepreneur. Thank you for listening to this CadSource production, the Sports Epreneur podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide. Sportsypreneur is a content platform, a collaborative team, and a marketing brand that is all about showcasing leaders and difference makers in and around the world of sports. While we create our own content, we also create content with you. This includes collaborative content and exclusive content for your brand. Think podcasts, blogs, social media, and overall content strategy. Our sports content marketing team is specifically niche for those in the sports industry. That includes sports businesses, athletes, managers, coaches, trainers, entrepreneurs, and business leaders in the sports market. The bottom line is we want to help with your sports-related brand, your content marketing, and your story. Connect with us on Instagram at sportsepreneur or find us online at sportsepreneur.com. Sportsepreneur, the content platform where sports and entrepreneurship collide.